passion for sport. This is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. It's day 23 and Mohamed Salah sparkled as Egypt went through to the semi-finals. Did Morocco fail to handle the pressure? And Senegal with their best performance so far at the tournament with a comfortable win over Equatorial Guinea. And we take a look at the Gambia's wonderful debut AFCON and speak to forward Musa Barrow. Hard work pays off, you know. If you train as a team, you play as a team. And that's coming up later. So the North African derby gave us plenty of entertainment as Egypt came from behind to beat Morocco 2-1 after extra time in their quarter-final. Mohamed Salah, the man of the match with a goal and an assist. Well, the opener came early on. It was a penalty for Morocco, converted by Sofiane Bouffal. This after Atraf Hakimi had been fouled. The penalty awarded after a lengthy VAR review. As Salah made it 1-1 on 53 minutes. It went to extra time. And in the first half of extra time, a wonderful run of from Salah and a cross for Trezeguet to tap in. It was a hot-tempered game, as you'd expect for a North African derby, and Carlos Quiroz's side will face the host Cameroon in the semi-finals on Thursday. Well, I'm joined by African football expert Solis Chuku in Lagos in Nigeria. Uh, so Egypt putting up their best performance of the tournament so far. Uh, Morocco not handling the pressure, as you suspected might be the case, Solis. And Salah was playing like the Salah that we see playing for Liverpool. Well, yes, Steve, unfortunately. I mean, like we said, this was always the problem. And this was always the question, you know, behind Morocco coming into this game. We'd, we'd seen them all through the tournament, really impressive um, winning games that they should have won, coming from behind against Malawi, overwhelming teams, you know, with their attacking numbers, and you know, attacking with great depth and moving the ball forward very quickly. We've seen how devastating they can be on the counter and how they are good in possession and how they can smother teams. But with all of these, what we did not have, you know, what we didn't have information on was their mental capability. How would they handle a match like this against an opponent like Egypt that not only has you know, the, the edge over them in terms of head-to-head results, but also is a team that is a, like, a powerhouse in Northern African football. So, that was always the challenge coming into this game. It was less about actually the tactical approaches of the two teams, or even, you know, the quality, even though ultimately the quality tool for Egypt, it was less about that. It was really more about the psychological battle. And Egypt came into this game knowing that they were in many ways sort of the underdog against a Morocco side that had looked far more impressive. Egypt really only came into their own in the round of 16. So because of that, they set out to make the game physical. And Morocco simply couldn't live with it. I mean, we saw a Morocco side that they took the lead very early, but then they were forced to drop back and they kept dropping deeper and deeper and seeding the ball and seeding initiative to Egypt. And it's Egypt didn't have, you know, great ideas regarding what to do with the ball, else they could have actually taken more of an advantage than they did. But what, what happened was it seemed like Morocco seemed to lose belief more and more in what they were trying to do in their own style of play. They kept trying to play the ball long over the top, trying to hit their strikers too quickly without the support structure around them for second balls. It just seemed like um, the more Egypt made it a scrap, the the more Morocco shrunk into their shells, as it were. So it was a bit sad, really, to see Morocco like that, to see a side that had been so good up to this point, you know, falter so badly against Egypt. But, hey, kudos to the Pharaohs. Like like we, like we talked about, they've been growing through the tournament and now they're in the semi-final and really... Even though they've not been super duper impressive, you can't look 
past them as you know one of the potential challengers. They're facing Cameroon up next, and it'll be to their benefit that you know their captain Mohamed Salah is you know is in great form now. He suddenly he's picked up you know and he's shown what he can do in this game. He got a goal and an assist, a match-winning contribution from the Liverpool striker, and we are now starting to see, like you say, the the Liverpool Mohamed Salah coming to the fore. I I thought at times even though Morocco handled him relatively well from a tackle perspective, keeping um Watford and Messina back to keep tabs on him. I thought Salah was still able to find space and still able to influence the game in the same way that he does at Liverpool. You can't really keep him quiet for 90 minutes or, you know, in this case, 120 minutes. You can't quite keep Mohamed Salah under tabs for that long. And, you know, in the end, in the end, his quality shown and Morocco were not able to exert themselves and their own game, you know, in this Africa Cup of Nations quarterfinal. Yes, so will Salah take Egypt to AFCON glory? Now, Senegal have been slow starters in the tournament, not impressing in the group stage, but much better as they beat Equatorial Guinea 3-1 last night. They'll play Burkina Faso in the semi-finals. Wafamara Jadou put Senegal ahead from Sadio Mane's pass. Equatorial Guinea then were awarded a penalty, but it was then overturned. They equalised soon after, though, with Yannick Boulia getting the goal. But then Senegal took control as substitute Sheku Kuyate put the Taranga Lions ahead and then Watford's Ismaila Saar added the third. Uh, for the first time, Solis, could we say that Senegal are now looking like potential champions? Uh, yes, yeah, Steve. Um, to be honest, this game was um, a lot better qualitatively than many people thought it would be, myself included. Um, Senegal coming out 3-1 winners against a very game Equatorial Guinea side who... Um, surprised me in many ways. Really, both sides surprised me because coming into this game, the doubts around Senegal were about their ability to create in possession and break down um, a stubborn defensive side. And we saw, especially in the first half, Senegal were very on task from the start of the game. They combined very well in wide areas. I thought Sangomani was excellent, um, both in the first half and for the entirety of the game itself, um, took up good positions, combined well with the fullback, Salusis coming up from the back, and really, Senegal looked really good going forward. Um, but then kudos to Equatorial Guinea, who came back into the game, showed what they were about, and they've been known mostly for being a counter-attacking side. That's what we've come to associate them with. But in this game, I thought some of their work in possession, in terms of constructing attacks and building up you know, through the thirds were, was pretty good, much to my surprise. Um, they caused Senegal a lot of problems, obviously got the equalizer in the second half, and I thought they were actually building up a reasonable head of steam until um, that really, really bad bad error <laughs> from from the defense um, to letting Chekukuyate score the second. I thought once that went in, that really signaled for me the end of Equatorial Guinea's resistance because they were in the ascendancy at that point. So that was really their moment to strike. But unfortunately, they got pegged back and that really was it. Um, they had one more good chance, but Senegal just sort of ran away with it from that point. So yeah, um, in, in terms of Senegal, sh- they showed us something we haven't seen before in that, like I said, they were doubt over their ability to create, you know, against the defensive side and to break teams down. And they showed in the first half that they could by playing, you know, very quick combinations through the flanks and getting the fullback in behind and playing cutbacks. It was a very fruitful avenue for for Senegal. And, I mean, they're in the semi-final now, so you can't rule anyone out. You have to think of them as potentially champions. And they looked, for the first time in this tournament, a very cohesive, coherent side in most phases of play. 
Yeah, sure. Thanks, Solis. That's Solis Chukwu in Lagos. So, the fixtures for the semi-finals. It's Burkina Faso against Senegal on Wednesday and Cameroon against Egypt on Thursday. Asking for your thoughts on social media. Who are you predicting to win the trophy now as we're down to the final four? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five. Two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Who are you now predicting to win the trophy? Well, this is Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport. The show comes to you every day throughout the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, online, on radio, and on our app. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And our website is planetsport.tv. In the blog section there, Russ Bravo looks at how ordinary teams can beat the superstars, why some of the smaller teams have punched above their weight with their cohesion and teamwork, and how we are created for community in life as a whole. That's on our website, planetsport.tv, and you'll find that in the blog section. Well, let's focus on the Scorpions now, as the Gambia's thrilling debut at the Africa Cup of Nations ended on Saturday with a 2-0 loss to Cameroon in the quarterfinals. Well, as the lowest-ranked team at the tournament, few expected them to go that far, and their ranking is so low that they'll have to play in the preliminary stage in March for qualifying for the next edition of the Nations Cup. Forward Musa Barrow plays for Bologna in Italy. He's one of the Scorpions' highest-profile players. He scored twice at the tournament, and he spoke to Oluwashina Okaleji. In this team, we don't have a star, you know. Without my teammates, I couldn't have, I couldn't have achieved that, so... I give all thanks to them and the coach, so we move forward, we move forward. We take the positive things and we move forward, happy, proud, because uh, no one expects us to, to reach this level, but we are happy, we are happy. What are the positives you take away from this tournament? We could compete, you know, the, the positive thing about this tournament that we took away, that we could compete, you know. As a nation, we are growing, you know, as a nation, also our football is improving, so I'm very happy. For Were you surprised about the way your team played here in this tournament? Were you surprised? No, no, hey, hard work pays off, you know. If you train as a team, you play as a team, then hey, what you train, you try to apply on the pitch. So that is what we did, and we reached this level. But actually, we lost today against Cameroon, so we accept, you know. Hey, nothing, hey. When you lose against Cameroon, bro, we are Gambia, you know. When you lose against Cameroon, they came with a game plan to to try to play crosses, you know, and they, they scored, you know. So right now, I look forward to, to going back to my club and then focus till the end of the season, you know. I've been tested the AFCON. I'm sure you want to be back here again for the next AFCON next year. Of course, of course. You want to be back, uh, coming with stronger motivation, you know, and try to compete and we see what the AFCON have for us again. We'll see if the Gambia do become regulars at the AFCON. That's Musa Barrow. Now, goalkeeper Babukar Gay plays in the fourth tier of German football. He made some great saves to keep the Scorpions' run going. It's a great moment for the Gambia, and um, we're trying to keep the, their place, you know. We hope we can we can uh, replicate this, maybe go a little bit further in the next, but first we have to qualify for the next AFCON, so that's the... Yeah, of course, my family is probably the, the proudest people right now on this earth, um, they always, they always were there for me in this, in the hard times back in Qatar and it was an isolation they were having my back. Trying to keep me mentally strong, trying to, trying to boost my confidence, trying to boost, um, or remind me of my qualities. And yeah, they were, they were there for me and, uh, I think that's, that's one of the greatest things if you have a family that's, that's behind your back all the time. When you look at the way the Gambia has played and what people have made of the Gambia right now, 
how does that make you feel knowing that you've made an impact globally and people are talking about Gambia? It's a great feeling. It's a great honor. It's a great relief emotionally and um, yeah, I'm happy that, that people are happy for me. I would hug everyone at home, but uh, I sadly can't. Yeah, I mean, I hope after that AFCON we'll move some places in that ranking. If you are a team that's, that's very far back, it's always hard to make these steps. Um, you have to win a lot of games, um, a lot of, um, a lot of um, official games. But if you perform well in a, in a tournament, I think you should, uh, you should move forward in this. We beat Tunis, who were 30. We beat Guinea, who were somewhere 35 or something. Uh, Mali, I mean, Mali, who, uh, we draw with them. Um, I hope we can, we can make a lot of steps, maybe climb some places so we don't have to play these free qualifiers, because I think we deserve to, to be at least under, under the 100. That's the Gambia goalkeeper, Babakar Gay, speaking to Oloashina Okaleji. And yes, strange that the Gambia will have to play in the preliminary round of qualifying for the 2023 Nations Cup. That's because the draw was made based on the rankings before the tournament started. Well, I spoke to Mamadou Ba, a Gambian sports journalist who's been with the team throughout the campaign in Cameroon. I asked for his reflections on the Gambia's journey. It's an amazing journey. Really, really proud of the Scorpions and how far we've come in a difficult group in qualifying, finishing top of a qualifying group ahead of Gabon, DR Congo, Angola, coming into the tournament as the lowest ranked side in a difficult group against some of the pre-tournament favourites, Mali and Tunisia, finishing second behind Mali, level on points with them, but conceding only one goal, which was a penalty, playing our first four matches without conceding a goal in open play, winning three Man of the Match awards in the process, qualifying to the quarterfinals as debutants, playing in front of 40,000 fans against the hosts at the Japoma Stadium. is the best thing to happen to, to our football and, and um, I think um, uh, this is the start of good things to happen to Gambian football. The Scorpions have put our country in the map. This is the best PR that Gambia has ever had. For me, um, we bow out with our heads held really high. And, and for me, the positive is that we'll be back in action in no time um, in the preliminaries against Chad in March. I can't wait to see these boys. And I know it was sad um, to, um, to go out because most of them were in tears in the locker room, but um, they should be proud of themselves. And hopefully this is the start of many Afghans to come for for the Gambia. That's Mamadou Ba there, and well done to the Gambia doing so, so well at their debut Africa Cup of Nations. That's it for the show for today. The semi-final lineup again. It's Burkina Faso against Senegal on Wednesday and Cameroon versus Egypt on Thursday. From me, Steve Vickers and Solis Chukwu, the show is back tomorrow and Cameroon Roars is a passion for sport production.